0: We empower the young people to be able to have a discussion. This you're gonna blow your mind. We aim to reduce the risk of suicide through interactive performance.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Captain Baghdad Podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. It's a tough job, but, you know, someone's got to do it. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown, and today I welcome Ali Kelly. Hello, hello. (laughs) Ali Kelly, who's going to blow your mind on all things arts and health. (laughs) Ali, you're a co-founder and CEO of Mind Blank. Let's Mm -hmm. just start from there.
0: How did it all begin? Why? Oh, look, I'll just clear up Founder. Okay. Uh, Founder of Mindblank, how did that all begin? (laughs) Good question. Let me just um, start with where we are now and then scale it back really quickly. Um, So where we are now, look, Mindblank is a mental health promotion charity. Uh, We aim to reduce the risk of suicide through Mm. interactive performance in schools and communities. So we run a one-hour workshop primarily, and um, we've run these type of workshops over three hundred times all over Australia, wow. directly impacting thirty thousand young people. Wow. So yes, it's much bigger than what I would have thought we would have ever uh, had an opportunity for when we first started it. Um so where did it all begin and why? Yeah. Um Look, let's just start with my personal why. This is my personal mission. Um, We all have mental health stories, right? It could be within our own balance of ourselves. It could be within our family. And if it's not, you know, directly, it could also be within friend cohorts, schools, businesses. You're going to find someone in your life that's likely going to have a story um, My story is that at the age of six, I became a carer for my mother, um, who's constantly been suicided throughout her life. Oh, my God. Um, I grew up very quickly because of that. Mm. And I didn't know yet, but that very thing, being a carer, ended up being something that has changed my entire life at the
1: age of six and obviously at the time when you were that young you probably had no idea that what your mom was going through or what suicide meant and Mm. what her actions were and
0: Wow. Totally. That, that was that's pretty tough for a child. Oh look, you don't know any different. Mm. Um, I do remember my first memory was walking into um, walking into my mum's room. The curtains, you know, were draped. The lights were off. She could not utter one positive thing about life, and this was very young. I remember um, yeah. not knowing what to do. So I used to see my dad, and his attitude was, "Don't worry, she'll get over it." That's very. That's very old school male reaction. <laughs> Don't worry, you know. But he'd seen these patterns before, time and time again. Because from what I hear, she did struggle with post traumatic stress Mm. which was triggered in postnatal um depression as well which a lot of women go through i hear absolutely and yeah i do have an older brother and my older brother was much better at disconnecting and just going and playing in the other room Mm. and at that young age my natural response was to crawl into bed and cry with her so it has impacted my life, but I became a very big empath. Yeah. Um, and, look, I myself uh, have gone through my own stories. I'm a survivor of post-traumatic stress disorder, so I know what it's like to stumble mm-hmm. through the system. Um, I went education pathway i went and did an arts degree as well as a psychology degree and i didn't quite know how i was going to join the dots there um but i found that shocking when i was um grieving because depression did take six months of my life eventually it crept up on me um none of the psychology students knew what to do yeah, yeah. One first-year uni student stopped and her mother um, had had her interning at a local GP's office. So she knew that a pathway could be go to your GP and then go on to a mental health plan. But I was lucky enough that she intervened and I was lucky enough that she handed me a card of a really decent trauma psychologist. So the experience of actually going to the doctor was weird. Yeah, I ended up having a um, balding... 60 something plus Indian male doctor that I didn't relate to, and I had to tell him I think I need a mental health plan, and he was awkward too, so I feel sorry for him. <laughs> and I just kind of like passed over my um the reference card that yeah. I got, and lucky I did because that's all behind me now, okay. Um, but all of those experiences have now prepared me to understand where the gaps are, and it shocks me that where the health system is at is we are looking at a model that is very sickness related mm. we wait until it's a crisis point before we seek help and that is the worst time because the health system is already maxing out um, so unless you've gone down that pathway you may not know that sometimes when you get help you put on a six week to six month waiting list um, So it's our services that can't keep up with the demand. Um, So yeah, I actually, with all of that as hindsight now, Mm -hmm. I think back and I can now see that through our programs, we've now educated, yeah, over 30,000 young people on signs and symptoms of depression uh, and other mental health topics, as well as help them understand what the pathways are to seek help. So how do we actually negate through the healthcare system? Um, What support is there? And what other support is there if you can't go and see a doctor or if you're sitting on a waiting list?
1: That's so brave of you at such a young age to say, hey, okay, maybe I do need to go and see someone. I mean, that's one of the most critical moments, right, for any young person is to admit, okay, I need to go and see someone.
0: Yeah, look, Mm. good insight. Like I think I was about 20. 22 when i finally did actually seek out help and support through a counselor unfortunately my story was that um, there was an incident that actually triggered post-traumatic stress which forced the grieving Um, i didn't know up until that point that i needed it you know so everyone's got their own stories and they've got very different scales and yeah it is something that's brave like I know, I mean, I just shared my personal story with you, but I'm not afraid to, you know, and I've actually found that I've been rewarded 10 times over by having a voice by sharing it you'll see it's not just your story so many people have similar stories and in in being vulnerable like that it's an opportunity to help hundreds of thousands of more people and which you
1: have yeah and so when was that pivotal moment where you the light bulb went off and go well i want to take this to the next level which is start Mm. a social enterprise and help people (laughs) (laughs)
0: good question um no, look, I'm lucky enough that when I was at uni, um, One of my best friends at the time had started her own charity at 17. (laughs) Wow. Impressive. Yeah. Oh, look, she went on later to become New South Wales Young Australia of the Year a couple of years ago. So she still is very impressive. Mm. But um, having friends like that, so I guess part of me personality-wise, one thing I'm extremely grateful for is despite a rough um, pathway with uh, some baggage that my family inherited, they always um, supported the idea of personal development Mm -hmm. Um, so i was interested in leadership you know i'd been given some of these tools from the age of about 10 i remember going to seminars and you know listening to (laughs) business gurus about you know if you dream it you can achieve it and stuff like that so i'm i'm very fortunate to have had some of those values inside me which i think really helped me through one of the worst periods of my life Um, but, yeah, seeing my friend start her business so young, um, she actually ended up helping support me through some of the ideas phase because I joined the dots when I realised I came across um, a medium, this is a theatre term, but mm. forum theatre, so it's the methodology we use. So that's what we actually do with MindBank, interactive theatre inspired by forum theatre. So when I came across the concept that's when my motivation fled. Like, my light bulb went off to say, that's really cool, theatre to provoke change. I'd never heard of anything like that. So before that, I was surrounded by arts people just doing theatre, like Shakespeare lovers and stuff like that, yeah. but I never quite related to it. There was always, like, a humanitarian uh. Yeah. And a purpose. Like, you want to yeah.
1: use this form for something good. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: that's what I- Totally. Um... So, yeah, the light bulb came when I found out Theatre pro- to Provoke Change, fantastic medium. I was already doing psychology. Um, one thing that I thought that could have helped me when I was younger is, yeah, traditionally health will give you a lecture about the boring stats mm. and, you know, they try and engage young people that way. Wow. Growing up in Canberra, I'm sure we had programs that came to our school and I bet you I would have been on the edge of my seat, but none of them really helped, you know. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it was starting to join the dots to say – I think this is a pathway that would have helped me, how can I show it to the world? Mm. Um, and at the time being a young person because early 20s not quite knowing what I wanted to do I actually thought oh, shit it's going to take a long time to do <laughs> I'm going to take another five years to learn all the training and become a master of it and then show the world Yeah. Um, but very quickly I actually learned to work smarter not harder so I didn't have to learn all those skills instead I ended up finding someone with over 20 years experience in forum theater that ended up training us and he wrote the initial script um my friend showed me how to get an abn and walk into fair trading and start a business because if you're gonna show the world you may as well do it properly
1: yeah get a business (laughs) number (laughs) yeah
0: um and yeah i thought oh geez i'm gonna have to be a clinical psychologist to work in mental health promotion but instead we work with them so um giving it a go and showing the world like this is the concept that i want to do look, absolutely no regrets now Excellent. well you should you're helping a lot of
1: people absolutely but yeah.
0: terrified me mm-hmm. the day that we were piloting i had no idea how how it was gonna be oh my god so what did you do on that day
1: like did you wake up mm-hmm. did you have any anxiety or were you
0: excited oh look totally um We booked in, so the university I was connected to, which was UOW, one of the clubs and societies gave us our very first seed funding. It wasn't even any of the faculties I worked in. It was nursing. So kind of related to health. Um, But anyway, so they were the ones that got on board. Obviously, there's some drama students. So it's a mixture of all these peers and whatnot. And yes, definitely anxiety. I was so, like, scared that it's like, what if it goes wrong, that I felt like I was going to spew up almost, like, every second of it. But halfway through the forum that we did the entire audience was roaring with laughter wow. and something had hit me to say, it's going to be okay. And you know, you got to take this as a compliment. Like I now know a little bit more about forum theater as a medium and a lot more about the healthcare system and whatnot. And it's made me really realize and appreciate how innovative a spin it is to actually join the dots. Um, cause forum theater, is isn't my idea or concept. It does exist in the world. Um, But what I haven't seen in the world is tying the concept of mental health education in with the creative medium that um the humor i think makes it a very safe environment and um that's the mind blowing brand now so yeah
1: the humor and also the practicality of it mm. because oh, i think one of your staff came in um last oh, year yeah just before <laughs> christmas and he showcased it to the um to a few of us here mm-hmm. at the startup and he went through the stages and you know it was really good that you get to step up and play mm. a character and then you see from everyone's point of view of mm. how that person felt I mean is there an example that you could share with us about how someone felt or
0: uh, like one of the performances and how it's run oh yeah look absolutely Um just gonna look up a testimony just because um, oh. what's going on in my mind
1: because it's helped a lot of people it's working because you know it's oh, absolutely and when I do remember when we were working with this uh, staff member of we yours he he, you know naturally he was very engaging charismatic mm. and so we, we were joking quite a bit with him here mm. and there but we were also dealing with uh, like um real real actual topics that was quite serious totally I think one example was a uh, a bullying that's right bullying of a child who comes from a different background mm. um yeah and and it was just really good to tell that story because when I was young, um, I obviously coming from a you know Asian background, grew up in, um, I went to a particular school in the middle of nowhere, and I mean nowhere, <laughs> and you know th- there wasn't this kind of particular service uh, mm, that was provided. Totally. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it, was, it would have been really great if your program was running in that yeah. school so that the, so the kids who were, you know, being mean yeah. to me,
0: maybe they could have seen what they were doing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's okay, I survived. Yeah. <laughs> I say I just related to what you said because taking it to another level, um, 50% of the Mind Blank board are parents to children who have taken their life. Like that's the oh, reality. Wow. Um, statistics, I'll just quickly talk yeah, about yeah. it because it is quite serious the – The reason we exist. But, yeah, stats say that suicide's the number one leading cause of death age 14 plus right now here in Australia. If you live in the country, the young people are 66 more... 66 percent more likely to um further struggles yeah and then some of our indigenous communities in australia the young people are up to eight times more at risk than their non-indigenous peers so it's a pretty big issue there's a pretty high numbers there mm, yeah. but yeah something in what you just said in terms of mm. oh, i wish a program like this existed oh i've heard that <laughs> <laughs> i have heard it um So, look, I'll talk you through one of our programs. One that I'm particularly proud of is we have a top-end partnership. So it's working with Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander communities in the Darwin Northern Territory area in partnership with uh, Team Health. So they're the top-end mental health service provider. It's a great partnership because we get to do what we do well, which is the theatre, the interactive medium, the safe environment, safe discussions followed by they bring a social worker mm. um, so they can answer the what next yeah we can have a healthy discussion and then we can say hey if you need to chat to someone mm. here's someone that's local to you guys so you can get further support with um, so one thing I'm particularly proud of with that script as well is that um, we actually won an Australasian award last year with it wow, amazing. Um, so yeah I mean <laughs> Australia New Zealand but still <laughs> making some international recognition <laughs> um, so just an example of that so um, our scripts are designed and tailored depending on the need because mm. sometimes we work with multicultural youth sometimes yeah. we work with primary schools high schools um, the top end really needed um, some input from the local context absolutely um, so we were able to talk to some indigenous young people from some of the communities up there to say hey what are some issues that you're going through and it's next level in terms of the type of themes like some of what we see all over Australia is the same in terms of bullying is such a predominant thing everyone has access to a phone these days so you know we see that so the pathways of stigma when it comes to talking to an adult or a teacher you know that's pretty uh, an important issue all over as well Um, but the top end script starts with an alcoholic parent at home you know so we always stage our scripts with messages embedded into the themes and. We empower the young people to uh, be able to have a discussion and Mm -hmm. to be able to make some different choices to help support them. And so that was actually a really hard script to start off with because where do you go from that? I know. You can't pick your parents. You know, unfortunately, some some people, this is inherited. Mm -hmm. So we found a way around it. So we're able to host a healthy discussion with young people to talk about what a safe space is. And a lot of the young fellas up there, you know, they've got cousins, uncles, aunts, aunties um you know school contacts friends that they can hang out with Mm. so at least we're just trying to make sure that they're aware that there are options yes um what ends up happening then is we can have a discussion about self-care because shit happens we all are faced with all sorts of challenging circumstances but you know the things that are out of your control the one thing you can do is control your own choices and how you take care of yourself in those times um So, yeah, similarly to our other scripts is there's a scene with the teacher. Mm. The teacher's actually really trying to help this young person out, but this young person's not quite disclosing what's happening at home. So, yeah, they're having trouble um, focusing. Uh, All of a sudden, school's dropping off the list Mm. of priorities. They've got other, you know, siblings and stuff to take care of. Um, So the teacher's trying to empathise, but... um, they can't actually do anything if they don't know what's going on so we try and host a really healthy discussion with the young people to say you know us adults we forget what it's like to be young Mm. you need to help us (laughs) tell us what is it that you need that can help support this relationship and what we try and stage through the actors is how it's actually really difficult sometimes to just say hey I need help yeah you know and and so we try and put a realistic impression onto the stage that maybe it's not likely that that character from that rough background Mm. can actually host that conversation straight away to the teacher. So what do we need to put in place to make that happen? And usually what we'll end up staging is, okay, you've got a friend. You've got a friend that knows that something's going on. How do you actually host that conversation? Mm. And it's beautiful when you see the young people jump up off stage uh, onto stage and like realize that empathy is missing here. So if I open up and share a story, maybe that will encourage you to feel safer, yeah. um, which then allows a pathway to say, well, as long as you start to let people in, then we can start getting that pathway to mm-hmm. give you support to then talk to that teacher. Yeah, um, Yeah. so that's an example of some of the script content that we use. Yeah.
1: And I think it's it's very workable because when you try to teach children and even actually when, try, when people try to teach me things through long pages of things to read or, you know, Mm. just read it and you'll get it. And I'm like, "Mm, actually, no, I don't get it. I actually need someone to, you know. Demonstrate it. Yeah, demonstrate it or or give me an example. And I think that's why it works so well through your theatre form because Mm -hmm. it's right there. Like kids can see the scenario, kids can ask questions. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, what what if this happens? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's fantastic.
0: It it is beautiful when you see it working as Mm -hmm. well because we do have some young people that, do open up straight away. We've got testimonies all over the country sharing where young people have identified with the main characters and were able to seek help because of it. Um, There's this one case study in a regional New South Wales town where one school, um, let's just say one-year group, Mm -hmm. it's about 30 kids, Mm -hmm. 20% of the class had confirmed to either seeking help themselves or supporting one of their friends, like, after seeing one of our shows. So that's that's a huge percentage. Considering it was probably going to be, what, close to zero? We don't know. Like, that type of study, we Mm -hmm. don't know. Um, We are, like, research is an area... Of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you that we did do some research. Oh, we've kind of tangented it off, but well, let's veer it back into the start of MindBlank because when we started MindBlank, we piloted it to the world, so to say. We just, <laughs> yeah, you let's have. Let's just show everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the local health district helped us. So they helped us apply for the first lot of funding. Wow. Um, so it was in Wollongong because that's where I studied. So the Illawarra shell haven um mm. health contacts helped supported us the next thing i know we got a of seed funding to wow. trial it um so 26 schools from that initial trial went under a research project um so we measured pre-post and follow-up and asked them all these questions about what content they wanted to see mm. so we can confirm that there is an increase of help seeking intentions um we can confirm that's an engaging model we yeah. knew that from the laughter but yeah. still um and various testimonies like some teachers saying life changing opportunities for young people just being able to trust someone to host that dialogue.
1: Yeah. Um and also connecting with the characters because maybe a mm-hmm. lot of kids they, they don't know whether to put their hands up because they haven't got consent from their parents to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so when they see the example that Mind Blank does, they're like, hey I identify with that character. Oh mm-hmm. I see that this is something that's going on that I should actually talk about perhaps. Mm-hmm yeah yeah it's great what you guys are
0: doing it's um look it's fantastic to be able to see time and time again now that that research project Mm. is over we are seeing similar results in very different contexts so when we were working with the cold and uh cold youth Mm. so we had a partnership in the illawarra with various health services it was cold youth and new arrival refugee communities one of um it is a bit of a favourite story to share. Well, how did that All partnership right. yeah, I happen? I question, but give it to me. How did it happen? Um, well, it's just that at the time... Um, one of the young people, so this was in the Illawarra community mm-hmm. and I believe that it's improved dramatically since. Okay, <laughs> because of my <mine>, blade, yes. <laughs> we had our fair share there but we don't do as much work down there as um would like to anymore, just different partnerships in different places. But, yeah, um, unfortunately what had happened was one of the young African fellows um, in that community had actually gone to Uh, headspace Mm -hmm. to try and see a counsellor and um, unfortunately they got a response that threw them off like Mm -hmm. i don't know what exactly was quoted but it was something along the lines of we don't get your kind here i don't you know they were confused i don't know what to do to spoil and that young fella got put off yeah. and then literally went and told his entire network of friends, no one go to Headspace. So rumours were starting to spread and it was not the type of, yeah. and that type of stigma is not the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a partnership that ended up forming with the local council, the local Headspace, Navitas, mm-hmm. um, Starts, which is a trauma um, counselling service, SCARF, which was New Arrival Refugee Communities, yeah. all these interagencies got together to say, hey, we've got to do this better. Yeah. Like, unfortunately at the time, Headspace was copying a lot of slack because it's like it was a bit of a cookie-cutter model. So they did all right with the whole... Um, average, yeah, that sounds weird, right. the whole, you're in this age bracket. Yeah. Um, majority of the population Majority would be going through. Not the minority yeah, majority, groups. Yeah. Like the minority groups were missing out a little bit. Yeah. And um, so there were room, room for improvement there, which they have mm. improved on a lot. Yeah. But it meant that they lent on us as a creative model, which is what designed like a 10-week format that we're now using. So it's like a peer support model mm. where um, the Mind Blank team members go in and we actually asked the young people what their stories are and get them to actually stage it amongst their peers. Um, So we were able to see a couple of hundred students go through the program in terms of um, some of the English intensive centres in Sydney and the Illawarra um, were able to see live performances with their own peers showcasing stories of what they were seeing. Um, Interestingly, a reflection on that is a lot of the counselling services and the health services were, like, um, initially very hesitant in, in oh, you know, what if we open up Pandora's, we're like Pandora's box, you know. There's all these, like, tricky conversations that could happen when mental health or suicide prevention mm-hmm. or trauma is, mm-hmm. you know, in amongst the mix. But what we're good at is early intervention. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, the behaviour mm-hmm. of hosting a conflict or peer pressure. You know, we try and skill the young people. Um, that's why it's an early intervention approach. So all the young people that went through their um cold workshops, we ended up finding they're they're such a resilient bunch. Like they wanted to talk about um things like life without internet and whatnot, because they'd actually found themselves like um what the health people were scared that they were going to do is talk about all these war-torn countries and all these horrific things yeah. that they, they'd gone through. But what they wanted to talk about is, you know, how shitty a day is when their internet's not working. <laughs> you <laughs> know, like... I can't use my iPhone. <laughs> but it's a real concern, yeah. you know. And we tried to capture their voice of the difference between mental health from their home country versus mm. mental health and how um, public we are about promoting it here in Australia. And sure, there are some differences. But, yeah, we learned a lot about that and it helped us really see that we are a safe environment and we focus on early intervention so you're not going to get a doom and gloom and no. really dark trigger heavy um performance piece which does happen sometimes um in the arts you know when people oh in the art yeah yeah, the arts. Well, yeah. in the <laughs> arts when people say they want to do you know a mental health um show or something you'll end up like huge heavy heart often <laughs> <laughs> so
1: yeah. um, the arts and drama that has always been part of your life uh, even before you started uh, Mind Blank oh. <laughs> it <just sounds> like, <laughs> I, like, I guess you're a very creative person I mean, yeah. you know, being a very successful uh, entrepreneur, being a co-founder Actually, founder, founder. Actual founder yeah. um, and then running all these uh, partnerships and, and and actually also you were just over in a cover matter about to do a huge performance with kids right yeah yeah, yeah. how do you find downtime like oh what, what, what would you describe <laughs> as your perfect day and how would you like let loose apart from drinking you know some, some bubble tea
0: with me right now mm-hmm. <laughs> oh good question um look There's a few things you're covering there because, yes, I am a creative person, but I think what gives me energy the most is that I'm living my purpose. You know, every day you will have things like projects in life that you take on. Things will give you energy and things will completely deplete you mm-hmm. and both are very important you know I've had my fair share of being stuck behind um, spreadsheets and budgets and analytical uh, oh. research pieces and by analysis, <laughs> and <they say> it. <laughs> you know and so I, I feel like I do have to use left and right brain but my creative spirit is what gives me the most energy mm-hmm. um, so yeah there's ways that you can stay in that prime like if you're fortunate enough to have enough resources you can delegate what you're not strong at (laughs) um which i think has helped us like the fact that we have team in various different states um i can work on Uh, keeping people in their strength zone but ideally as an entrepreneur you're going to wear every hat under the sun Mm -hmm. and yes you're going to feel your limits are tested and absolutely there were days where I would have been depleted like days where when I was young I was couch surfing as well as trying to you know run an organization as well as catching the flu being sick as a dog and still trying to crawl to like I don't know (laughs) a smiley face (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure um, but yeah, for me, in terms of balance, like I have to practice what I preach, like mm. or else I'm not aligning to my own values. But my limits of what I expect from myself are gonna be different to another person's limits of what they expect from themselves. And I've noticed because I track like what I do and what I spend my time with and stuff, like. I probably average a 60-hour to 70-hour week, Um, and I don't feel like that's working all the time. Like catching up with bubble tea or a coffee or after-hours drinks and stuff, like they could all be work, so to say, Um, but the relationships are important. Um, So I think for me one trick that I do use is – ages ago I adapted it but you look at your seven days of the week and I have to deliberately take two days off and it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be both of the days line up with Mm. the weekend because you can't control things all the time and I also watch where my limits are and how I'm coping because I do have sometimes when I'm traveling, sometimes it's family members or other people that are joining me with my travels and I do know that I have a bit more of a hectic schedule <laughs> than the average person <laughs> and I wouldn't necessarily recommend a 70-hour work week if that's not your thing, you know, um, but the things that I choose to put my time towards generally give me a lot of energy Um. And how I've been able to cope over the years is personal development. Like you can't just head down, crack down, and yeah. life can't just be about work. Um, it's important to have those relationships, give time to those relationships, give time to yourself, yeah, you know, that's right. hanging out in the bath <laughs> or whatever it is that gives you your space mm. um that's really important so yeah when i'm really really busy um or when i'm traveling for example i chuck my joggers in my bag knowing i'm not going to get chest exercise but i know i'm going to walk around a lot so i try and do the whole 10,000 steps <laughs> <laughs> and also get to you know discover a new surrounding <laughs> Um, or, yeah, deliberately try and I've got a meeting in the city, so, like, I'm going to walk there. I'm not going to, you know, just catch public transport. Um, but, yeah, my ideal day, uh, look, if, if I'm going to live in the fantasy world. Let's, let's go to the fantasy world. It's good for your health <laughs> sometimes. Oh, for sure. My fantasy world would be that you get to wake up in your own time and, um, but still get a productive day out of it. So, I don't know, might not be your fantasy, but my fantasy <laughs> at the moment is I get a good start to my day at 6am. Wow. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I'm a morning person now. Hello, adulting. Have you always been a morning person? Mm-mm. Oh, so this is it has helped you become a morning person now. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah early morning but get a few hours in before I'm interrupted Mm. in the office by any of my team and whatnot and having like the ideal type of relationship with my partners where all the rut work is kind of like sorted out and the meetings that we have is more the smooth sailing stuff Mm. like I found myself yeah graduate from psychology and performing arts and now in a way professional event planner like a lot of my work is just running events and connecting dots and stuff like that it's not that attractive (laughs) i outsource all the acting usually you know um but yeah where all the hard work is done usually that's in the event phase so you just get to show up (laughs) and you get to celebrate with everyone and you know I I am a bit of a data nut now because program evaluation Mm -hmm. and data and whatnot um to help measure your outcomes know know what it is that you're doing so, um, a little bit of insight as to how the programs are going, Mm um. And, yeah, having an opportunity to relax and decide. I think it's one of those having the opportunity and the freedom to decide how I'm going to spend, spend the rest of the danger. day <laughs> <laughs> rather than the unexpected emails coming in and crashing, you know. Yeah, and then you being pulled left, right, and centre and go, oh, I have to go and put out this fire now. Yeah. But, I mean, to tell you the truth, like, uh, we're at Haymarket HQ and I remember the day that they contacted me. It was mm. That was a pretty ideal day. <laughs> um, where, like, for those who don't know the story, yeah, where um, – Um, just an email from Draco that said that he wanted to have a chat and get to know us and for me like that's actually perfect because it's like you're just telling me to talk about my passion here, you know, um, and it's fantastic that they aligned like a fundraising initiative and we were super excited about it, um, which has now turned into supporting four schools in Sydney. Um, oh, excellent. Yeah. So I think
1: the funding was $10,000. Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah. now we're running um, four multicultural programs, which are 10-week programs. Oh, so we'll be able to give that um, opportunity for sponsorship to... Yeah, for at risk Western Sydney schools Mm. is the target. So we're currently in, yeah, one week, two down now. Okay, excellent. Yeah, of term one. Of term one. Yeah, but I've had a few opportunities like that, which have been fantastic. So when you are living your purpose and you're aligned to it and you've got a good mission that is selfless, Mm. like um, the opportunities come. Last year, I was very lucky as well that I got a cold call. Missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Picks up my answering machine, and it was the head of Tony Robbins Australia. You know, and she's just like, just wanted to know if we could collaborate with you. Call me back. Uh, I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, uh, let me let me prepare myself. Um, oh, <laughs> breathe, breathe. That's exactly how I felt. I was like over the moon, going, "Okay, it could be nothing. It could be something. Just whatever. Just call back." And I call back, and I get answering machine again. So here I am, like so excited. Don't know what this is going to be, but um, it was an amazing opportunity. They wanted to help promote two charities, so we were selected. Um, they had a world congress. It was about sixty thousand people that they were raising funds. Wow, that's a lot of exposure. Was yeah, and it could have that event could have just gone anywhere, and mm. it could have been like like a fantastic opportunity that could just spiral forward and we're lucky that it didn't overwhelm us mm. uh, they did end up raising 18,000 per charity so they were aiming for more but that's um that's a story about juggling events managers yeah. and all sorts of things but that to us is a fantastic opportunity to be able to fund areas that really need it most. Mm. Um, so 2020, very much looking forward to it. Um, part of that funding is going to some tools in some of the fire affected communities in Australia. Yeah. So. It's
1: really unfortunate how Australia is suffering so much from the bushfires are interrupting a lot of people's lives and affecting yeah. Yeah,
0: people
1: quite deeply.
0: Totally. Look, the silver lining is there will be a lot more community strength from having to go through mm. this. Um, and look, sometimes with mental health and well-being, it is also perspective. So giving people an opportunity for resilience building. <laughs> you're well-needed, yeah. but sometimes you don't know, like if you're not challenged, you don't know what you can make it through. So I really do empathise with some of those communities and we're looking forward to that later this year. Yeah,
1: no, 2020 is going to be a good year for you guys. <laughs> I think and so. And just to end on a note, okay, mm. before we wrap up, what would you eat on your perfect day? I mean, oh, this gosh. is all about, we're finding <laughs> boring news about Asian Australia yeah, and Australia. Because yeah. we're in Chinatown, it's all about food. What would you eat on your oh, perfect day? Oh,
0: beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's definitely got to be some lunch outings with yum cha. <laughs>
1: Excellent.
0: And, uh, are you allergic to seafood? I hope not. No. Because no. yum cha is all about seafood yeah. as well. <laughs> Front dumplings, my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so
1: much, Ali, for coming on today. And it has been such a great pleasure. Yeah. And it's been a great opportunity. And, like, we timed it so well. You went to oh, Sydney. And I'm like, yes, please come in. <laughs> um, And, look, I hope... I hope what you have done is going to inspire a lot of people to actually um, reach out and ask for help. Yeah, also, absolutely. Yeah, and also everyone out there who wants to start like a social enterprise, to you know, mm. uh, for a cause that they really believe in, or something mm-hmm. that they've gone through from their background when they were younger, or currently going through, mm-hmm. that you know, this story will inspire them.
0: Oh, I hope so. Um, I'll send you a link that you can attach to the podcast when you release Excellent. it, just with some more help-seeking links, because sometimes the community people just don't know where the help is. Yeah. And your website
1: is (laughs) www.mindblank.org. Is it org? Org. Yes, I got it right. (laughs) All right. Um, So, everyone out there, don't be (laughs) afraid. Reach out. Fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. you. (laughs) Bagrat out. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and posts, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and I do, uh, please support us on Patreon, where we hope that our dream of having our own TV show will become a reality one day. So then we can continue to fight boring news on everything, anything, and nothing with an agent twist. Thanks for your support. Bagrat out. Solid.